Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. I believe you might be missing the greater point of the show, Paladin Butters. Yeah, I know. Winter is coming and there's dragons and zombies on the way. I'm pretty excited for that. Broadcasting from the bowels of the Red Keep, a king's road away from a fallen Winterfell and their wintry exile of Castle Black, you're listening to The Night is Dark and Full of Spoilers with Maester Daniel and Ben of House Garrett, Lord of Oxford and Warden of North Mississippi and other things that sound cool and stuff. For the night is dark and full of... Spoilers. It's it's full of spoilers and stuff. For the night is dark and full of... Spoilers! I keep watching that show and I'm still waiting for the darn dragons to show up and, and kick everyone's butt. Like Viserion, inexplicably pulled from the sea by ice zombies possessing still unexplained massive chains. At the direction of the Night King, a hilariously lame show-only creation of the now infamous and idiotic writing team of Weiss and Benioff, rises again, does the night is dark and full of spoilers, in its triumphant and fiery return. But this great council has reconvened not to discuss Game of Thrones? Oh no, no, true. Lannisters always pay their debts, and I, Ben, of House Garrett, Lord of Oxford and Warden of North Mississippi, never delivered on the series finale show that was promised. A definitive breakdown of the disastrous end of one of the greatest television events of our time some three long winters ago. Back in the dark days of 2019, when prophecy and long-established character development were cast aside for cheap fan service and Starbucks cups because no one involved was taking this shit seriously anymore. Rather, I request you send a raven to Harrenhal as Maester Daniel. He of infinite citadelian wisdom picks up his chain once more and takes us back 172 years before the rise of Daenerys' storm-born Targaryen the mother of dragons, but well after the fall of Great Valyria, to a time when fire reigned through fire and mud. The beginning of the end of the greatest Westrosi house, that of House Targaryen. But before I eat every frickin' chicken in this room, good evening, Maester Daniel. Can you say that? Can you say that on the podcast? I said freaking. Oh, okay, okay. Don't say bad things. Good Not e- in the return... Of the night is dark and full of spoilers. The grand ret- I cannot believe we're doing this again. I didn't want to do this again. We actually said, did Maester Daniel and I, after the disaster that was the series finale of Game of Thrones, we're done with it. We washed our hands as if we were culpable, culpable uh, participants in the Red Wedding. And yet here we sit. The House of Dragons shows up, and we're right back in the saddle. Right back to it, like a battered wife. Like a good old Miss fan. Like a non-consensual C-section. You're totally misreading it. You're totally I'm not <laughs> misreading it. Here's the thing about Game of Thrones. You know what you sign up for. You sign up, especially when it comes to Targaryens. Incest, murder, intrigue, politics, 
and treating women like shit. It happens. And they just, I mean, you get back into this show and you're getting early. She was going to die. Yes, she was going to die. She was going to die. But she had no agency. Viserys, who is the king, is asking the maester, oh, I've got to make this decision, right? This maester brings this up. He says, you got to make the decision. It's the hardest decision a man can make. The wife or the child, or they both die. He could have just gone over because Viserys to start things off. The king, did he say that? No, he said, save one, and then he proposed that because the only way was to save the son, Balaam. But Viserys didn't say anything to Emma. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Here we are, 200 years before Game of Thrones. Totally misreading it. 200 years before Game of, Con- Game of Cones. Game of Thrones and the Targaryens, they come from Valyria after the doom of Valyria. Let's start there. Set the mood. Where are we as we land back? Forgettably, land back in Westeros for the first time since those dark days of 2019. Well, uh, you're back in King's Landing now. Uh, you're back in the Red Keep and Magor's Holdfast. Um, and you're in the reign of the fifth Targaryen king um, who is chosen by the Great Council of 101. Uh, they always date their uh, AC after the conquest of Aegon. So, Aegon the first. So this is, this is a hundred and some odd years, a few years after... Um, the conquest. Um, and so, uh, really, it's a time of strife. Uh, the old king who Viserys succeeded, um, they called him the conciliator because he really brought the faith and the, the seven, seven. And, and, well, and the faith of the seven, absolutely. But he brought the seven kingdoms he brought, was able to bring Dorne and the uh, uh, under submission, which none of his predecessors were able to do, really. Okay, so Aegon the First and his dragons and his seven wives. No, two wives. Two, two, two wives. wives. Two sister wives. Like that's much better. Back to incest. We're Game of Thrones and baby. It was Valer- as a Valerian custom. Okay, so it's still incest. Aegon the First and his dragons and his sister wives. They conquer Westeros, the Seven Kingdoms. And they're the, they forge the Iron Throne. He's the first king of Westeros. And Viserys, how far along in the uh, succession are we here? Where is he? Well, he is... After Aegon. Okay, so Aegon is... Uh, is he has two sons. Um, he has Anus, who is... The, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's A-E-Y-N-S. How else would Anus. You, how else did you pronounce Anus. it? Anus. So then uh, he is, uh, he's awful, he is indecisive, he is more of a poet and a bard than he is a king. He, so he had bars. Uh, well, no, uh, yes, he had a flow. He could sing the hook on a song, really. Uh, but Was he T-painting too much? Uh, I more, can't believe uh, we're doing this still. He's more like, more like uh, Nate Dog, rest in peace. So, uh, so then he's, he was... Uh, he was king, and then uh, the third king was Megor the Cruel, who was his half-brother. And uh, he's the one who really, uh, he was the hammer uh, to the uh, softness that was his, his, his older brother. And he usurped the throne from uh, the line, his brother's line, um, and uh, brought the kingdom under his rule. Now, he punished... His enemies, he did not let them up, um, but he still uh, could not bring Dorne under his rule, much like his predecessors. Okay, so with where we are, Viserys was picked over who um, in the, the succession? You saw the a brief version of it. It was the Great Council of 101. It was his cousin who is married to the Valerian house, who is also related to the Targaryens. Um this was his um, older brother's uh, uh, daughter, who was the only child of Amon. Was the name of his of her father was Raina. Raina. Well, wasn't Amon the uh, Grand Maester at the? They wall? recycle about ten names. Oh. Yeah. 
Good lord. Okay. Also, so the name serious? of the dra- he was the named after the Dragon Knight, Aemon the Dragon Knight, who was the brother of Aegon the Fourth, who was Aegon the Unworthy. It, it all cascades into one another. We'll get into that in a second. Well, Jaehaerys handed down a peaceful and prosperous realm to Viserys, but why right. him over the patrilineal su- succession? It was it was based on the European. Uh, patrilineal succession. They got anus and European. And, and, well, no, it's and so uh, modeled obviously on the Catholic Church and the French dynasties and the English dynasties and the German dynasties. And so um, when they decide on Viserys, um, obviously the first thing a king has to do is, you know, found his rule and uh, make sure it's rock solid by providing a male heir. And Which Emma obviously cannot you, do that. Emma and her non-consensual C-section has not been able to do that. You're just going to have to let that go, bro. Uh, but Ministers don't talk like that. You have a proper You chain. have to let that go, sir. My chain is forged of the metal that the you maesters, have. Do maesters show deference to lords? I don't know. Is that something? Every, the, maesters, the maesters were used by everyone, the, including uh, the uh, Targaryens who first... Came over to Dragonstone, Aegon's forebears. If you want right. me to use five dollar words, Viserys and his daughter, who wants the throne, she wants to be uh, the heir to the throne, but because she's a girl, and in Westeros back in you know they, they treat women like crap the whole time in the whole series, but back in this time, women in power they've never heard of, right? So they skip over. Does Jaehaerys skip over? Decided on by their no the the it's gathered many many lords they call them the lords paramount, um all the great houses are involved, the maester the grand maester all every significant person in the kingdom is involved. It, uh, you got a very small brief you know introduction, it, just a brief note to, to all the listeners. I gave Ben a book. That had this information in it as a, as a gift. I read it. Yeah, and yes, I did. so okay. I legitimately read it. But here's the thing, and this is true. After the series finale, you and I talked about this. We were going to get back on and finish the night is dark and full of spoilers. True. And I couldn't bring myself to do it. I have not consumed anything Game of Thrones since, including that book. And I've forgotten a lot of this stuff. So I'll be honest. When I was like jumping back into this world for House of Dragon. I knew some of the names. Like, Damon Targaryen rang a bell. Because Damon Targaryen, I think George R. R. Martin said this when he wrote Fire and Blood, um, he is important. So we know that Viserys is a lot like Ned Stark in Season 1. You're led to believe in Season 1 of Game of Thrones that Ned Stark is the main character you're supposed to root for. But that's the whole point of Game of Thrones, is subverting your expectations and what you think um, narratively stories and characters are supposed to be structured. There's no rooting for this guy and rooting against this guy, rooting for this person, whatever. There's none of that. They're all flawed. Like Viserys is portrayed in Fire and Blood, if I understand this correctly, from the book that you gave me, because I didn't read Fire and Blood, I just know a little bit about Viserys. He's supposedly, in the Game of Thrones world, a good dude, a lot like Ned Stark. Now, he made a really questionable call in the pilot, regardless of what you think in regards to the wife he loved, but, 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 just like Ned Stark, you thought this is the, he's not the main character. The two main characters are going to be Damon and... Viserys' daughter, who now is the heir to the throne, Rhaenyra. Is that where we're at? Correct. Okay, okay, okay. So, loosely, what can we expect in far, as far as how it connects to the main storyline that we grew to love and also hate? But what, in what way? You've already, Meaningfully. Well, you've already met all the principal characters, and I, I don't know how they're going to tie the Long Night in there. They added the prophecy from Aegon and the dagger, which... Completely made up. Yes. Show creation. Show creation. Just like the Night King. Uh, no, the Night King is, is is also in the books. That's a whole other tangent. But they don't book. introduce they, they, the evil big bad that has. They're not going to. They're not going to bring the Night King in. Though they might have some stuff, but they don't have the time. That this story has a a very solid beginning. And yes, it contains solid beginning, solid end. You don't have to worry about uh, where the story ends up. Uh, we can get into the story right now. You've met basically every principal character who's going to be the players for the throne in this version of Game of Thrones. And 
the person who ends up winning the Game of Thrones, we know already as well. Uh, it will be, it will end up being uh, a Targaryen, obviously. Yeah. So because you know the Targaryens, it, it, the the problem obviously is like this with other ones is prequel series. You know where it ends up. You know where they end yeah. up. Yeah, because who ends up on the throne? That's that's not the point of this. Like you're not trying to figure out in Game of Thrones in the original series. You're trying to. But decide. it is. Right, but who ends up on the throne? Right, because a- Aegon the Third. Aegon the Third. Who does he belong to? He is uh, the son of two Targaryens, and it's. Uh, Damon, One of the main players. Oh, Damon! And Rhaenyra, and he watches his mom get eaten by a dragon. That's a whole nother... Okay. That's a, so if they show that, if they show that, yes, there's more trauma for women headed your way. You would have known this if you'd have read the book I gave you, but hey... I read a lot of it. But it makes, it makes him a sour old man at a young age because he watches his mom get eaten in front of him. Okay. So if I've got this correct... It's not about, like I said, with Game of Thrones, who ends up on the Iron Throne? It's supposed to be Jon Snow, but they messed it up because they ran out of material to adapt. Did Benioff and Weiss. Where are they now? And it doesn't matter. Um, here we know what the end is. So the story we're going to be watching and following for however long it is has to do with how they got to that point and this great house, the greatest house in Westerosi history fell apart even though they had 17 dragons. Nine, I think, they showed in the pilot. And those in, in Game of Thrones lore are effectively WMDs. And no one else has these. Like the, the Targaryens, the reason they are the great house um, is because of dragons. And how the heck does a house that's as powerful as 17 dragons coming from the Doom of Valyria not end up ruling? And, and they only have Daenerys left. Ask the Dornish, but besides them, the you see you you see you'll see this begins what becomes the Game of Thrones and what ends up becoming. You already see it. You already saw the Baratheon sigil. The very first scene in Game of Thrones is the Starks finding the direwolf with a stag's horn through his neck, which was the very first scene that George R. R. Martin came up with when he conceived Game of Thrones. So you already see that from the very beginning. They're already connected to the Targaryens, as I mentioned. Uh, I don't know if you remember this. The Baratheons themselves descend from the Targaryens. Bastard half-brother of Aegon the Conqueror, Oris Baratheon, was the founder. Uh, he took the uh, old Storm King's uh, sigil, married his daughter after he fought him in battle and single and beat him in single combat. And uh, that's how they incorporated the Stormlands into their kingdom when they were, when they were, con- when they, when the conquest was happening. And so uh, you see them, that that's how it begins. And this, this also leads to the, uh, the reign of Aegon the fourth, who they called Aegon the unworthy, who ends up fathering, um, Bloodraven, who is, as we know him, oh yes, who ends up who ends up mentoring the king at the end, and I'm sure we'll get into that at a, at, a, at another point. Yeah, well, here's where I'm at with it. It's if you go into this series, this is how I've rationalized doing the night is dark and full of spoilers again. Getting back into Game of Thrones, if you imagine that the original series ended with Danny setting sail for Westeros it makes it a lot easier to take this in because there are a lot of early season Game of Thrones vibes, or there was in the pilot if you've watched it. You get a lot of that same stuff. It's a lot about the politics, like Otto Hightower and Damon Targaryen hate each other. They're direct political rivals. And this reminds you a lot of the political stuff at play that made early season Game of Thrones so good, not just the dragons and I guess the incest and the mutilation. We had a lot of mutilating. In the first uh, episode of House of Dragon, people paying for HBO got to have some, got to have some of that. Matt Smith chewing up every scene, every scene he was in, except when he was cutting off. Great cast, genitalia, which was rough. That was that was tough because he's the leader of the city. The, the City Watch, for the first time, has been founded. He's the one that gives his name in the gold. Cloaks. It's not the first time it's found. It's the first time that they get the cloaks. Okay, that so they, he he's the one that gives them an identity, uh, a camaraderie. As you saw, the, the the little brief speech they had, they had to show for TV, but before that he he um 
he the, the, the city watch already existed obviously when Aegon founded it because it, the city itself when it expanded um, had to be watched over because uh, the Dornish uh, for most of the beginning of the reign of the Targaryens tried to assassinate them and uh, there's even a note that the Dornish sent uh, to Aegon which no one knows about uh, they wrote about it in one of the random books I think it was Fire and Blood itself um, where uh, the Dornish uh, prince threatened to kill his son and heir who became Anus uh, with a faceless man of bravos unless he accepted peace with Dorne. And so that's why Dorne, Dorne was autonomous from the very beginning um, because of that. And so... Um, so Dorne plays a big role. While Dorne was minimalized in the original series, and, I mean, the Dornish are supposed to be almost equal as far as resiliency and history and history and his in history and 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 they're actually going to try to spin off another show about uh nymeria who uh aria names her dire wolf after nymeria that herself is a, is a fascinating character in history who they're apparently trying to spin off a show of called Ten Thousand ships that shows how the valerian dragon lords fought the Roinar, we you, you hear them name the king of the Roinar, the first men. Oh, they list those names. Well, the Roinar originally came from Essos, and they were run off by the Valerians. And um, so uh, the the Dornish, uh, you know, assimilated a lot of their culture and customs, and uh, they they both cross cultural assimilation as well, which is why they style themselves as prince and princess, and why they have. Uh, uh, the primogeniture of the oldest child as opposed to um, uh, it being male or female sex. But the two main players by the end of this that the casual fan getting back into this needs to know is Damon and Rhaenyra, who's now in line for the throne. And Kristen Cole. Kristen Cole. Who is Kristen Cole? We know he's Dornish. They, they lay that out. But what's the connection as far as the overall narrative for House of Dragons? Why does he matter? Um, warning, okay, warning, uh, heavy spoilers here. Spoilers! But the night is dark and full of spoilers. So he, he ends up getting a moniker uh, similar to Jamie. Uh, he ends up being called Kristen the Kingmaker because he is the one who initiates the Dance of Dragons, which is what the House of Dragons ends up becoming about is the Targaryen Civil War, which is what they call. Uh, so that's what this is. That's what this is. The and civil, so the Targaryen Civil War. So you've met you met also the mother of uh, who becomes Aegon the uh, Second, Alison Hightower. The oh, uh, and so that's another thing too. I'm sorry to interrupt, but like in that first episode, you got the the kicker from the replacements, right? Doing a great job. He's the hand of the king. You immediately know he's the hand of the king. It's just got Ned Stark vibes all over him. You're like, oh, this is the guy I can root for. What a good dude. And in the book, he's set up in Game of Thrones. If you just do the bare minimum, there's a very low bar to be decent in Game of the Thrones. The Hightowers are a great family. They come from a long line of people that are honorable men. And, and Otto, this, Otto in the books is a very honorable man. And yet in this show, this asshole, who you think has been the nicest guy, loves his family, just a good right hand like a, like a Ned Stark, and he sends his daughter to comfort the series. In the, in the, it's not even like remotely suggested. It's pretty much laid bare here. See, he sends her in there to do it. Uh, I think. I think the problem with uh, getting back to your problem with the C section. I think the problem is the dialogue. I think that a lot of the problems with season seven and season eight of the original season of Game of Thrones. The jarring nature. Of it. And the same as you see similar veins here mm-hmm. is that the dialogue makes a story weaker and it gives people questions. I saw uh, some people that questioned whether the baby, why the baby died, you know, that they, they jarring when they showed uh, both corpses before the Targaryen burial ritual. Yes. And so uh, it's a, a weakness from the storytelling standpoint. And it's part of just streamlining a big-ass book for TV. But it's also, it shows a, a lot of the weakness in that, you know, it's it, it, the same problems that happened previously that they they tried to fix, but they still have some problems with. Obviously, the clunky dialogue, the uh, dick and fart jokes they still insert into the every episode while they're gelding a man. And so... Uh, Why are we back here? Because... Oh, we we because we're people. in the maester's chamber, Maester Daniel. So, you know, you met 
you met Kristen, you've met out the high towers who become they're uh, power hungry too. Well, yes, obviously every family's power hungry no matter how honorable they are, even the Starks themselves, who the Starks they will play a role, a key role in what becomes the Hour of the Wolf. It's the coolest, one of the coolest things the Starks do in the history of the Starks. And I hope you what, get to... What is, what is that? And that has to do with House of Dragon? What is, what is that? All right, we're getting into heavy spoilers here. And unless they change something, uh, the Starks... It's all right. If you're listening, this is supposed to be the, an the, Ole Miss the, podcasting network. The Talk of Champions family of podcasts. If someone's listening to this, they're not listening to it on the Ole Miss spirit, which I write for. They're not checking this out. They are nerds. They come here for the spoilers. They're also Ole Miss fans who are masochists by nature. Yeah, so if you have to be a masochist to be a Game of Thrones person. So here we are, three years later, swearing we'd never do it again. So spoilers. All right, go. What is the thing? So the Starks end up playing a key role at the end. Um, How far away are we from Ned? We're a long way from Ned. Uh, but but his, his forebears end up playing a, a role in the Hour of the Wolf. Um it's honestly how if you wanted to solve a lot of political problems in America, you do. He he appoints himself hand of the king. He gets himself appointed hand of the king, the one of the Starks. And you met him already. Right no, it's not his grandfather. You're you're far far in advance. You're you're 172 years away. You know, like, Aemon, the, the, Ned Stark is 30. Is is my age oh. by the time Game of Thrones is. He's only in his mid 30s. He's, no, you're see. a maester. You're like 94. <laughs> I, I I can't I can't do an old man voice. Uh, on the radio. Uh, I, am, I am a mister. Uh, My chain was... Why do I sound like Sean Connery? And Valerian Steel. <laughs> anyway, what is the hour of the friggin' wolf? So, he ends up getting appointed hand of the king, yeah. and he mets out the justice to the who... King's justice, maestro. Because Aegon II gets poisoned at the end, which is how the throne becomes bare again. So... Renera, Renera, who you've already met, gets eaten by her own dragon. Damon dies in this in this really awesome battle with two with two dragons over the god's eye, um, with one of his uh, nephews who has one eye, who also is a dragon rider, and they meet in the air and they jump off the dragons. and I hope they do it justice, and I hope they have the stop, budget. Stop, stop. Every one of the principal characters that we just met, you say, don't grow attached. It's the same thing as Game of Thrones. Don't grow attached. Have you ever seen Rogue One? Yeah. Oh, this is Rogue One. This is Rogue One on a game. It has. Uh, this is uh, like I mentioned previously. This is a prequel. The problem with the prequels is that you have an established set of characters who you know the outcomes of but already. Get there is what matters. That's that's what matters. But like the Star Wars prequels, they're going to run into the same problems. Is that you know okay. you're going to get the depth. You're going to get depth, and you're you'll get you'll get attached to some of them. But they're all—they're all bad people. I'm not going to sit here and pretend you're—you're you're rooting for awful people again. There's no Ned to universally root for, even though Ned had his problems. He had nothing compared to everybody else that was around him. There's no Ned in here. You're not going to find a guy or a girl to go, all right, yeah, I can get on their side. The High Towers are like probably Snow, the High that. Towers are probably the most innocent of the of the people that are going to be in this series. And I already hate Otto. You shouldn't. The kicker of the from the replacements. You're you you're not. Pub you're you're, you're not. Take play, me pub. You're, you're breaking the principal rule of the Game of Thrones. You either play or you die. And he saw the, immediately that Damon, um, and what you'll see develop is that uh, you saw Damon give his niece the uh, necklace made of Valyrian steel. What is the significance of that? He becomes her lover in third, and that becomes his third wife. <sighs> You just I knew, it. I knew it when he did it. When he put the name He's the on. okay. The, he's the fa- he is the father of two kings, okay? He is the father of two kings. He never he never sits the throne himself, so you don't have to worry about him getting the throne or even Oh any. dang. Are we are we taking away some of the enjoyment of the show by saying these things? I, I told you already we're getting right, when we're I say deep. But no, we're already we're already yeah. we're already we're way we're way too far into it now, man. If somebody's listening there are so angry you should have. You should put a massive, massive well, warning. Well, in front ma- of massive spoiler warning. Then, okay, we we spoiled enough things as far as Damon, who's already my favorite character, because Matt Smith, like he did in the Crown, just he's chewing up every scene he's in. It's the best. There will be other characters that come over the course of the next handful of seasons. That you know, because in, if you just followed season one of Game of Thrones and you never tuned into season two, you would think, all right, what's happening with my buddy Ned? Robert Baratheon, you thought was going to be a main character because of the first couple of episodes of Game of Thrones. And it's no coincidence then that one of the first houses they introduced in um, House of Dragon, 
not only the T- Targaryens, but the Baratheons. Like, they're a part of the... Because Viserys, he's a good king. He wants people to have a good time and to enjoy themselves and to be prosperous and all those things. He's not the mad king. He's not out for power. He's not power hungry. He does want a line of succession, and that's where this all kind of sets up. He, more than anything, wants stability. And yeah. that's what his... And, and, and Jaehaerys, the old king who you saw, was he and his wife, they called her the good queen, Alisane. They are um, both revered amongst the people, which is why when he outlived his children, that crisis happened in the first place, which is where we are now. And from here on out, the Targaryen dynasty is beset by tragedy, and they are beset by um, many, many infighting. The, 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 the beginning, they say that the Targaryen dynasty, the, the, their biggest enemies themselves, it is the truth. They become kind of like the Avengers when they fought uh, in Captain America's Civil War. They just kept fighting each other over and over again, and you had no villains. That's why they become the Targaryens. What are the odds, though, that Baron Zemo could get access to a tape? There's a security camera just on a random, empty road. He is an actual Baron, so he does have Well, fine, access. Baron Zemo gets the video, but why would there be a security camera on an empty road where the Winter Soldier... Just so happens to run into right in front of the camera Tony Stark's parents. Why would he kill the army that he that he could take control of and then beat the Avengers? Why would he have them fight each other? That's you know you're getting into nerd. We're mixing up, we're mixing metaphors as your teachers would say. Well, we, you're not supposed to drink and do anything of consequence, truth. including podcasting. And yet here we are, late. Full disclosure: Daniel is my brother. Maester Daniel is my brother. And then we just, one thing we have is nerd obsession with Game of Thrones. He loves Star Wars. I don't care about Star Wars. But I care about, so we're going to nerd out and go on some tangents. The point is with uh, House of Dragon here, you brought up Rogue One, it's a great example. It's not about what the end results are, knowing what the end results are. It's how they got to that place and where where Game of Thrones starts. All of the stuff that was established as far as, because this is the most prosperous time for the Targaryens. This is at, at the height of their reign. This is when they're doing the thing. So the City Watch and... They just brought the Dornish... Yeah. Uh, just like I said previously, the, the, Dornish, the, the, the Dornish themselves had just been brought into the kingdom um, by marriage because by conquest, it was never going to happen. Um, if you... Uh, you know, they're not... Uh, you have gonna, 17 dragons. But they... You, you can't kill the knights and you couldn't kill the men. Um, they actually... They called it Dornish Courage. They All the knights of the rest of the kingdom made fun of them, but they didn't care because they never, ever were conquered. They unbound and bent or broken was meant when... Um, so they killed dragon. They did kill a dragon. They oh. killed Aegon's favorite wife and the mother of the second king, the Targaryen king. She flew to Dorne to uh, the very... The, the, the way the Targaryens worked, Aegon would fly a dragon, one of his two wives would, or he himself, would, who was on Beleriand, the Black Dread, who Drogon was um, modeled after and who he looked like. He's a direct descendant of it. No, he? they're all direct descendants of oh. each other. But the, um, he, he, the, the, the way he looks with the black on red, like the old school Jordan 11s when he came back as 45. And so uh, when... Uh, he would fly one of the dragons and they would offer you leniency if you submitted. And you got to keep your titles, you got to keep your lands. But if you didn't, you obviously got melted into oblivion. So, uh, so, so his, his, his younger of his two the wives, his Aegon was the middle child. Uh, the younger sister flew down there to the Martells. And when she got to Sunspear, uh, the Martell lady who was 80 years old at the time, they called her the Yellow Toad of Dorne. Uh, was there with all old women and, and children. They're the only things there. And she said, uh, when I return, it'll be with fire and blood. And, and that old lady looked at her and said, those are your words. Our words are unbowed, unbent, unbroken. You may set fire to our castles, but you'll never make us bend the knee. And it was the truth. They actually were the only only uh, kingdom that was never conquered. They killed uh, her and her dragon the next year when she flew back, uh, made Aegon go wild, mad. Uh, he burned the castles in Dorne over and over again in retribution. He uh, 
promised that no Dornishman would ever sit the throne as prince again and never have him, but he never got the prince. He never found them. They disappeared into the sands, and they would disappear in front of these armies that he would raise, and uh, they never got them. And uh, so the Targaryens at this point, what we see in the show, have now um, accomplished those things. The Seven Kingdoms are one under the Targaryen dynasty itself. So, so yeah. any retconning won't be uh, what happened in Game of Thrones or setting things up to where maybe... Because it, it was flimsy at best, the connection to A Song of Ice and Fire. I know that Targaryens um, have the ability to have dreams that can prove prophetic. They, they, but it could also uh, forecast doom for them. It can mean a lot of different things. Dreams can be... Prophecy hand- is poison. Yeah. It's, okay, yeah. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head. And PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park It can mean any number of things, good or bad. And um, so it's not like there isn't precedent for a Targaryen to uh, see this prophecy of a song of ice and fire. But the problem is is that, okay, this is 200 years away from Game of Thrones, and for 300 years the Targaryens didn't say anything about this upcoming threat. They did nothing about it. Honestly, I think that is a I, – I th- well, I think George has uh, – isn't it, well, for one thing, it was sad. If you're a book reader, I, I think it's proof that he's never writing another page <laughs> of the books. I think that those two novels are a dream. When you say a dream is spring and winds of winter, those things are dreams. They're never coming out. Um, he's too busy getting famous and writing a multi-faceted saga about the history of Westeros before he wrote, he wrote a single page of winds of winter still. I don't, know, I don't think he'll ever know how to finish it. If he didn't finish it during COVID, he's never going to finish he, it. He doesn't know how to finish it. I think that that Miranese and but also the second part not. is, but also the second part is is that um, he has to find justification for um, how he ended it now because he has shown the world and uh, what his test basically he used all of the people that are listening and all the people that watched as a test audience for what would have been his ending and everybody hated it. <laughs> so and uh, so you, you know he's got to he's got to fix that and so that's why I think he's heavily involved in this series. I think he's going to try to insert some those things, but he can't. You can't go to Essos. You can't go see any of the free cities. You can't see any of the things It'll that would be connect- completely contained to King's Landing and Dragonstone, yeah. Harrenhal. They, they you'll see the you'll see the Seven Kingdoms. You may see. Winterfell briefly, but you're only going to see it um, in, a, in, a, in regards to what the war comes into. They, they, turn, they turn into two factions, the Greens and the Blacks. 
is what they call themselves. Heron Hall was the great castle during the reign of uh, the Targaryens, right? This the, prosperous No, no. Reign. Well, well the, the Heron Hall first was built by... It wasn't always this ruined... Well, it was actually... It was finished the day that Aegon landed at King's Landing. Okay. He was... With his two sister... Heron Hall is named after Heron the Black who was the king of the Iron Islands, who had also became king of the Riverlands as well. He had conquered most of the of the West Rossi, um, basically what became the Tully's land in Game of Thrones. Okay. Uh, and so uh, he had built, that. that's why Harrenhal was built on the Gods Act, because he commanded basically all of that, all the Riverlands and the Iron, the king of Iron, the Isles and Rivers, is what he called himself. So how did it become a ruin? Because in he flew. He, he no, because Aegon the Conqueror flew there and said the same thing. He said to all of them, "If you bend the knee to me, you get to keep your lands and titles." Um, and and he you know spat at Aegon. He said, "Your line ends today." And so he showed himself in Heron Hall, who had five. It has five pair. I mean, massive curtain walls that you can't. It, it was an impenetrable wall, and he built five massive towers into the stone. And his boast was that stone doesn't burn. Well, the stuff that they build the towers out of, the straw and all the stuff that the mortar that burns, yeah. and he you made them basically into candles. That's why. But that's Heron why it's a ruin. Hall, but Heron Hall isn't a ruin here. Yet. It's a ruin. Yes, it's oh, a ruin. Yeah. That's, that's why I just said. I mean, okay. Aegon the Conqueror melted it all down, and that's why it became cursed because he killed the line of Heron the Black, who had and, and his line had ruled the Riverlands for a very long time. And that's why the Tullys ended up. The Tullys were the first, the first bannermen to come from the Riverlands to the Targaryens, which is why the Tullys became Lord Paramount of of the Riverlands. Why you get to meet all the lovely Tully people well, that are so awful. That's why it's uh, it's kind of fun the loose connections to the original series Game of Thrones because Heron Hall. When you when I think of Heron Hall, I think of um, Arya and Tywin Lannister. I mean, I think that's one of the, my favorite. Uh, story arcs that they took. Charles Dance. Yeah, it was just perfect. And it was that that's a book thing too, isn't it? Arya. Well, uh, yes, but it's yeah. Not uh, that close. Yeah. Well, it is. Uh, it's just uh, there's a couple other uh, things they had to uh, consolidate. But yes, that it's about as close. And but those but Charles Dance and Maisie Williams together were so good. Right. It was it was um, it was worth. I, again, I, I'm not a purist in that sense. You know, I understand adaptation has to have call it. Consolidation. I mean, you got to streamline stuff. So yeah. So, so like, I remember Heron Hall in that way. So that you'll get those loose connections, and that's exciting and everything like that. But if you're coming into this like me, thinking, man, just give me some sliver of hope that the ending's going to be a little different. Not at the end of House of Dragon, but because this isn't going to be it. It's not going to be just House of Dragon and they're done with Game of Thrones. You're going to see Jon Snow spinoff is in the works, and maybe that. How is that? I don't understand really how it's going. going to do. Unless. That's how they retcon it. So you don't think this will have anything to do... If you're one of those dissatisfied... Because 10 million people tuned into this thing on Sunday. It's the biggest debut for any show in uh, HBO history. I mean, we could kind of see that coming because Game of Thrones was one of the greatest television events we will ever... Probably the last one. Great one we'll ever be a part of. Maybe House of Dragon gets to that point. So it's not like this is going to be the last thing of Game of Thrones. It's not. It's not. No. It's not going to be the last thing in Game of Thrones. But you're never going to get... If you're one of me, the kind of people like me... Who came into this hoping that at the end of whatever this is, there's going to be different resolution, more acceptable, or at least halfway sensical resolution? Um, that's not that's not going to happen. You got to lower that expectation. Just enjoy it for what it is. Yes, okay. and enjoy it for um, the way that they're they're trying to adapt the story. They have a lot of cool moments coming. Some that I mentioned, obviously. Are you legitimately excited for it? So if they if they do it right, you know, um, for instance, like Rogue One, they got the key scenes right. There's a lot of problems with the Hobbit sequ- uh, prequels, um, but they got a lot of the key scenes right. Um, the ones like in the with Gollum, I wouldn't earn out again, but Riddles in the Dark and the scenes with Benedict Cumberbatch as um, as as the dragon, small smiled. The, the yeah so the, those scenes you know they they're done right and so if they do those scenes they have a massive potential to to have some of those watershed moments that and the, bring a lot of that good will back well, no, they they're going to get they're not going to get it all back because they can't they can't fix brand the broken and they'll never be able to fix brand the broken 
And so again, if you go into this like me, imagining that the series ended with Danny setting sail for Westeros, it makes it a lot more fun. Because I really did enjoy. I had no expectations for it after having not consumed any Game of Thrones content whatsoever since watching that series finale once and never, ever, ever watching it again. I watched The Wire, Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul. I've watched all these shows that I love multiple times. Game of Thrones was my favorite show ever. And, and you got me into it. And um, I, I became obsessive with it. And then that happened. I was done. I never looked at it again. So I come into this completely low expectations from... I mean, you could not have set the bar lower. So they easily met the low expectations, but I also had a little bit of uh, optimism and hope for getting a little bit of that old glory back, you know? A little bit of the early season stuff. And you will. The intrigue is already there. You see how um, the friends are going to become enemies with uh, how... There's no big bad, like one big bad. Damon really is the character you could consider the big bad, but there is no big bad. They all turn into bad people. Yeah, they all suck. Uh, you see how um, how Rhaenyra marries for... Uh, she ends up marrying a Valerian who's gay, and uh, the father gets... the. She ends up fathering children who look nothing like... You know, obviously the Valerians are also of Valerian descent, so they would have the the white hair. Well, none of her children have white hair. The three kids she has are all brown hair and brown eyed. So they're Dornish. No, they're uh, they come from the Dornish. You met another guy, the Strongs. The Strong family is going to be. Uh, you'll you'll see. You'll meet them. Uh, she, he becomes one of her champions. But uh, Kristen Cole is actually the the one who she allegedly has an affair with at first, and becomes he becomes her sworn sword in a lot of ways. And then they have this falling out, which they really don't, they allude to in the book. I haven't really gotten into it. Like I said, I didn't read Fire and Blood like I read the history, the, the one before. But uh, he ends up turning and becoming her worst enemy. And that's where that begins what becomes the Targaryen Civil War, which is what the House of the Dragon, this, this series is about. And that's why it felt like a setup episode, because it was a setup episode. I mean, you, you, yeah, you, you have to put all the pieces in place. And there's no. Uh, you know, when, when Game of Thrones began, it it was a time of political upheaval. Um, the hand of the king had just been poisoned. You know, and that the the letter that got sent start that's, that that starts the whole intrigue. That you you know it starts off with the mystery, and in this one, there's not really any mystery. You know, there's not really a big um, who done it to start it off, which is what the first season really you know became. And, and why there were so many twists and turns is because you became invested in the Stark family immediately. Yeah. You 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 uh, identified with the day to day. You know they they showed the day to day life. They 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 showed how the brothers, including Jon Snow, was you know treated as a bastard. So um, there's not really that kind of intrigue yet because they're you're dealing with royals and um, they haven't gotten to the real meat. And they're going to have to time jump some because uh, Damon has some adventures before he becomes this. Well, they're uh, going to do that. They're going to do it like the crown, apparently, where they um, advance it years and years. You know, you have Olivia Coleman one one season, and then you have. They're going to have to do that here. Dolores Umbridge in the next season. That, okay, so. Uh, There's another nerd out. Yeah, Renera becomes uh, plump and, and, uh, and, and ornery in her old age. And Damon actually crowns himself king. He wears one crown. The entire time, um, he becomes the uh, he crowns himself along with Corlys Valerian, the um, the sea snake, which you've also met. Um, they become pirates, and uh, he crowns himself Lord of the of the Stepstones. And so uh, you, you see some of that. You know that you'll have to jump there. You'll have to jump when the children you see now. It's going to be kind of like uh, in soap operas when the kids are young and then all of a sudden they're thirty years old. That's what's going to happen here. Yeah, yeah, because. Um Back to the dreams to finish this out. When you're talking about dragon dreams in Game of Thrones and Targaryens, they can be a metaphor for ambition and the, and the dangers of ambition. And outside of that throwaway line at the end, and they kind of had the uh, music swell up about a, a prophecy of a song of ice and fire. Outside of that, there's going to be no more callbacks at all. I mean, that's just, maybe that's it. you might get a, 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 you might get some. Uh, when they show Harrenhal and some of the God's Eye, because uh, that's where the God's Eyes is where the uh, the pact between the First Men and the Children of the Forest happened, 
and that's where the green seer still congregates. So you might see some, you won't see the prophecy and kind of, you know, again, the mystery that you saw from the Eastern magic with Daenerys and the, and the, and the dragons and the rebirth of the dragons. You won't see, you won't see. Some. All right. What's the numerical value or numerical system? How do they do numerals or numbers <laughs> in Westeros? What do they, is it one, two, three, four, five? What do they, what do they use? Yeah. Roman numerals? Yeah. I mean, this is, okay. So I said so, give them 10 dragons or one to 10 if you had to rank the first episode of House of Dragon. Let's do dragons. It's easier that way. <laughs> uh, okay. That's sure. If, if, that. What's the worst dragon? Who sucks? Who's like the, who's like the, you know that, that mean? There's a lot of dragons. There's a lot of dragons that end up dying. The, so this is the, the this dragon? is the beginning of the death of dragons. This, the, that's what well, you'll, you'll see. I guess that why the dragons went extinct. Caraxes is like the bit, like the one that uh, Damon rides. He's a badass, so he's probably like what an eight, eight. All right, you and can say Valer- you can say you can say right that. Here. Valerian is the biggest and baddest dragon. If he's the ten, you got. A, is this a Valerian or is this more of a? I'm giving it a Caraxes. Well, it's set well, a, there's a Jed. That would be one. It's Jed a the it's a pilot episode. It's also a setup episode, um, but it it falls. You know, uh, six, yeah, six, six dragons. Six dragons. I, I would say so, I would I would have given it a higher score. I think the C section, along with, well, and also they they interspersed it with the uh, joust so the bad. joust photography. I really don't understand you, but you know, hey, sometimes like unnecessary violence is their thing, and so that's uh, that's what I give it. They think, uh, I think that they can when they have some of these watershed moments coming up. Uh, especially when they do, uh, when some of the uh, children and the line of succession gets borne out, and you see what becomes the wars between the Greens and the Blacks, you'll see that green kind of becomes and uh, her color. So even for the jaded, is it worth watching, Maester? Yes, the production. I mean, it, the it, from every is the story production. Me like the friggin- no, it's not. This story has an ending, and it's yeah. an it's an ending that is uh with, while tragic, it uh it sets up also a lot of cool. I don't know. I don't know how far they're going to go. I don't know how many scenes they're going to get because you know once you get to um Aegon the Third, that's when you start uh that's when you start getting close enough to Game of Thrones where the lore you'd have to start really. Um, you'd have to, I, don't, I don't know how you would be able to adapt that. Yeah. Last thing, I'm going to open it up to the Maester's Chamber. I have been Grand Maester for many years. I'm a Maester of the Citadel. The Citadel has the world's greatest library. History, strategy, healing. This link is made of Valyrian steel. Only one Maester in a hundred wears it on his chain. Signifies that I have studied the higher mysteries. Maester Daniel, we did not do a series finale <laughs> of The Night is Dark and Full of Spoilers three years ago. And it's not all that many on Twitter, on my message board at the OldmanSpirit.com, OldmanSpirit.com, It's not all that many people, but enough have consistently said, Where is my finale? I'm going to give you a couple minutes, super fast. If you could have done that finale, the series finale, series season finale, just the whole final season. If you could have put the pieces where you think they were supposed to go based on your long citadelian wisdom as a maester, how would you have changed it? How, how should it have ended? What was it supposed to be the end? How did they butcher it? Why was it so bad? Do I have to keep the story, the story as the same? Does no, you can do anything you want to. It's the maester's chamber. It's well, your chamber. I, to, as opposed to giving you uh, the long spill, I mean, you could even... The, the first thing I would do is you would make the Night King, the bad guys, who was supposed to be. You don't kill him. You don't kill the big bad guy and then have the falling action afterwards be three more episodes. You don't do, you don't get, you don't get four more hours of television after you kill the guy that you built up being this big evil force. And, um, you know, you could reverse the intrigue from the beginning. You could, keeping the same crappy (laughs) storyline, You could keep that and reverse it, and it would make it a lot better pacing wise. And that's that, that's just a simple that's a simple fix. There's a, there's a a million different things. Jon Snow should have been on the throne, or da- or Daenerys, or, Daenerys. The, or or their I think child. You said in our last sec, maybe last show or second to last show, that the way the prophecy set up 
in the books, and, and even explicitly in the show, Jon Snow is is Aemon, Aegon, what is he, Aegon? Aegon. Aegon Targaryen the, the what? Yeah, he's going to be the Aegon the Sixth. Aegon the Sixth. If he sits the throne, that is. And yet it ends up not meaning anything, and Bran the Broken is just, ugh, whatever. So who's Danny? First of all, you and I—you said that her going mad. We, we you called that, and it, you were going to be disgusted in it. It was lazy. They did it. John ends up going back into exile for whatever reason. Um, even though he could have just been, I guess, forgiven by Sansa and lived in the north. I mean, it's not like Sansa would have been like, "Oh, it's cool. It's my half brother. You're fine. Just hang up here in the north. The north is an independent country now." Which and that's bizarre. That's stupid on its own. So. If it could have ended the right way, is it Danny sacrificing herself to kill the Night King and to bring back prosperity and have? I mean, what's the what? what how was it supposed to end? If she sacrificed herself for the child, she makes herself into a an icon. And John, if John and her both sacrifice themselves to continue the peace of the kingdom, sometimes giving the audience what they want is not a bad thing. Yeah. You, you can. Subvert people's expectations to a degree, but sometimes they expect a resolution. I mean, most people expect resolution, yeah. um, and they, the showrunners, had gotten so obsessed with the idea, of the M Night Shyamalan style of writing and, and directing, that they were too focused on subverting your expectations and getting a twist in than they were about telling the actual story. And they, uh, they got bored telling that, that story. They got bored telling the... They were ready to move on to Star Wars. And they also had another deal with Netflix where they were going to develop what's called the three-body problem to get really dorky. It's, uh, it's a, a set of three novels that has a beginning and the end, but there is, it is one of the most complex series of novels just from a fiction standpoint, and it's impossible to put on the screen. I mean that in a way, not like fantasy style. There are things that the, the guy writes about, he's a Chinese author, that you cannot physically put on the screen. And it'd be hilarious trying to watch those two hacks, you know, those windbags try to do it. But, you know, they were looking at that Netflix and Star Wars money, like you said, and now they're not doing any of it. So how was it, how was it supposed to end, to end this? How was it supposed Not with to Bran end? the Broken. <laughs> I know that. Like, the the end. You call me back for any other suggestions. They they just don't don't have Brand be was the John Snow's. It's, he was John. Well, John is uh, was supposed to do something other than ride north and have a spinoff series called Snow. Poor Snow? Kit Harrington. That's what they. That's what the, somebody else. Somebody said. Right. It's been the night is dark and full of spoilers. I have no idea if we're going to keep doing this. It was kind of cathartic a little bit. It was nice to uh, be able to talk through some things. And I'm not making this up. I know a lot of you are going to be rolling your eyes. This has been nerdy. You don't have to listen to this. If you've been listening to this for 50 minutes, that's on you. There was no old Miss in this, in this podcast. There was never going to be. All I'm going to say is it was cathartic for me because I have not talked about at length or, or in any real substantive way or even thought about Game of Thrones until Sunday and I watched it. And I texted Daniel. He was ready. And um, at least we got it. It's over. It can be. We'll probably do it again. But it, it can be. They had to bring all the Ole Miss fans back down to reality after they won. We had we won the national title. We had to have something to press. Well, on well hold on, hold on. If, if Ole Miss winning them, this is what I've been saying. Ole Miss won a national championship in baseball. Even if you consider football, Ole Miss baseball has been the most frustrating sport for most people for twenty years because they're the one that have legitimately had a claim to uh, winning a potential national championship. If Ole Miss baseball, that frustrating program, with that frustrating team, one of the most frustrating, if not the most frustrating during the regular season of Mike Bianco's tenure, can go win a national championship, anything, to quote the Kevin Garnett meme, anything, or GIF, is it GIF or GIF? It's GIF. All right, GIF. Graphics interchange okay. formats. GIF, then. All right, GIF. GIF. If it's the GIF, you know, anything is possible, Kevin Garnett come to life, then not only can Ole Miss in football, win a national championship. Sure they can. Anything's possible. But House of Dragon can restore my faith in Game of Thrones. Sure. And maybe at the end of this, I go back and watch it again. And maybe, maybe, when they're pulling... How, where did the chains come from when the zombies are pulling the dragon out of the ice? Did they just build these chains? Did they bring them with them over their whole long walk? Where did the chains come from? Anyway, why did they all have to go out there and get a zombie... To show Cersei, it doesn't make any. If that, maybe I can get more on board. Is what I'm saying. Maybe. How, how did he throw it half a mile? How did he throw that spear half a mile and hit that dragon in the neck? 
That dragon is flying. Let's just say he's flying slow. Well, Gendry outran a dragon or something, didn't he? He's like Gentry, whatever. G- okay. Gendry. Think about the 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 teleporting. If you just want to do this one small, Varys teleported all over the place. Think about he was in Varys King's Landing. Was in King's Landing, and then he's riding back to King's Landing. It's like he went back across the narrow sea to Marine. Got on the boat. It's not just it's not just the narrow sea. Okay. Think about if you if if I showed you a picture, I don't have it. I don't have my phone. I can't tell. Okay. I'll text you the picture later. It's such a long way from Slaver's Bay across the Narrow Sea. It's not even close, geographically speaking, to make it possible. And then... uh, Make it it stupid for her. If if Westeros is North America, where's Marine? Marine is India. (laughs) You're in India. If you're sitting in Florida, if, if if you're sitting in Disney World right now, and you set sail for New Delhi. That's how far Slaver's Bay is from the west coast of Westeros. And, and Viserys, the eunuch that he was, just tr- teleporting everywhere. Like it was nothing. It's like he hot the red eye. Gendry, Gendry ran a hundred and some odd kilometers in the snow. In the snow, okay? No food. And he beat ravens. I mean, the ravens flew farther and faster than any. And and suddenly Tyrion's a moron, has a problem with people banging with the cousin with people banging. He knew his he knew his brother and sister were banging the whole time. And all of a sudden, Jon Snow and Daenerys is a problem. It's just so stupid. Like I said to start this thing, that was pre-recorded. My little intro. I got a little uh, excited. They sacrificed prophecy and long-established character development to streamline into stupidity. It just absolute stupidity. Brand the Broken, what was the point of him being able to know everything, to see things, if he can't even help him devise a good strategy for the long night, the long night that supposedly was supposed to last God months, and it lasted a literal night, a literal night. Why did the Night King try to kill him? Okay, so when, when all the... When they were trying to get him to the Blood Raven, to whatever they called him, uh, what did they call him in the show? I can't remember what they called it's him. Not in the Blood show. Raven. They called him uh, the the something. I can't. Who cares? But he was okay. So when they got they, the Night King, hid people there to stop him from doing it, and they had a magical protection against against the Night King there. And he didn't have anything to do with the final battle. Like, okay, you have a, a person who can warg into basically anything. That was his... anything. We thought that he, that Bran was going to warg into Rhaegal potentially, the dragon into a dragon. And yeah. we never got to see dragons ride together. We never got to see dragons. You're going to see, and I think they're going to cat. That's that's one of the things you do get to look forward to here is that there are going to be battles, dragon against dragon. Hopefully, not in pure darkness like like last time. And they didn't pull out a dragon from the cold water from a spear thrown three miles in the in the air. Uh, who cares? Danny should have been on the throne, or John, one or the other. You'd have been fine with it, or the or their kid. And roll credits. It's over, and everybody's not everybody's happy, but they're probably okay. Okay, you'd watch it again. I would watch it again, and I will probably watch the entire House of Dragons. So, to 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 cap it. You had a problem with that. You watched the Harry Potter movies before you read the books. That's right. Would you say the last showdown between Voldemort and Harry in the movies is vastly inferior to the books, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it doesn't even happen the same way. Not even close to the same way. And it's like they sacrificed how cool their final battle was when they're in the Great Hall of Hogwarts to do that whole stupid CG thing where they jump off the side of Hogwarts and they kind of come together. We get it, guys. We get it. They're one and the same. Okay. You don't have to physically show. We're not that stupid of a video movie audience, video movie audience. I think the people, that's that, like we said at the beginning, I think people and creators, they think when they have to adapt something and they get to one of these cool scenes, especially one of these watershed moments that happens in the series they're adapting, whether it be from any medium, comic books or, or books themselves, is that they try to put their own spin on it. And, I hope that they don't do that here because there are a lot of moments here that can be epic on their own. Correct. Completely epic on their own. Well, this was epic on its own. It's the night is dark and full of spoilers. He's Maester Daniel. We now allow him to retire to his chambers. 
and I will start making the long, long journey back on the King's Road to Oxford. Or I guess that's Winterfell. Who cares? It doesn't matter. All right, buddy. It was fun. Have a great evening. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.